Hey everyone and welcome back to our Tuesday edition of the Scouting Report. This week on a Wednesday, after a one-week hiatus, a few adjustments in the schedule, we are back. Hopefully we ironed out a few technical difficulties, can get back to our regular schedule. Anyway, back to it. It was another fun weekend of college football as well as NFL football. A ton of great guests coming up. We're going to be answering your questions uh, in the future. Make sure you are in the know about all things college and pro. Head over to Twitter, leave me a comment at RightStepADV, or head to rsafootball.com to send me a note. Excited to answer your questions, hear more about what you want to hear. But back to today's episode, back talking about players, something I've been looking forward to doing. Heading to a team loaded every year with defensive talent, that is the Clemson Tigers. Today we're going to talk about Rook Aroro. Not the biggest name on the D-line there, but uh, one currently that is draft eligible. Guys like Brian Breezy, Tyler Davis will have to petition for early entry into the draft, so perhaps we will circle back on them later. So, who is Ruka Roro? Well, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Aroro is about as close as I can get on the last name. Lots of pronunciation guides on that. Hopefully the first name is correct as well. So who is he? Three-star recruit out of River Rouge, Michigan. The first Clemson signee from the state of Michigan since 1975. Obviously has to pass by a number of schools on his way to Clemson. Perhaps he always knew he wanted to head south a little bit. Schools like Michigan, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Penn State all offered him. Kentucky was in the mix as well, took an official visit there, but it was Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers who ultimately won out. With their tradition of defensive linemen heading into the NFL, you can certainly understand why. Once on campus, 2019 found his way onto the field in scrap time across nine games, kind of a backup rotational player. 2020, short-lived form, just 33 snaps over four games. Uh, call it a medical redshirt, COVID redshirt. Either way, he will get that year back if he wants it. 2021 took a big step up. All 13 games played was a major contributor. Colin McQuazzi starter uh, had an injury to Brian Breesey, who we talked about. Stepped in for him about halfway through the year. It was this season that put him firmly on the map as a 2023 draft prospect with what he showed and his measurements. So far this year, played in all eight games, named a starter. Uh, if he's not a starter, he's playing starter snap, certainly. 15 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, two sacks so far. Solid numbers, nothing special, but we'll uh, find out the full story on this player. With his play history, you are looking at a guy who could choose to come back for an additional year if he chooses to. I'm sure he will have conversations, probably already having conversations. Um, you know, Those will heat up down the stretch here. He's going to make the best decision for himself. Clemson does a great job with every player going through that, helping them make the best decisions for their career. Looking at slightly over 6'4", just over 300 pounds. That's a good spot for what will be called a defensive tackle in the NFL. 33-inch arm length. Again, that's a good spot as well. Hits that number that coaches and evaluate waiters want to see. Again, doesn't jump off the map. Nothing in terms of his height, weight, speed going to jump off, but all going to be in the good spot where coaches are going to be like, all right, that's what we need. So let's get to the film. First is strengths, athleticism. This is the first thing that jumps out. This is a good athlete in a good frame. 
Maybe it's the uniform, but he looks uh, a little bit smaller than he's listed at 300 pounds. Again, he moves like a guy that's about 280. Again, that's always a good spot if you're moving a little bit better than your size would indicate. Stays on his feet, has good bend, can work laterally as well as up and down the field. There is a spot for the field uh, uh, on the field for most teams for this guy. Again, scheme versatility, which is what we're going to talk about. His second strength, that position versatility. He's asked to play as both a one-gap defensive tech from three-tech, two-gap, two-I, three-tech, as well as a four, four-I, five, and sub, and odd front looks. Again, this guy's going to line up all across the line. Flashes the strength to hold two gaps as a nose tackle. You won't want to ask him to do that a ton, but he is willing plays with good pad levels able to do it and at the end of this day this is likely a guy that will learn four to five spots on any defensive line he's going to be active every week because he can operate in each of those spots this is a nickel player that teams will find a spot for in base and are, are going to be happy wherever they line him up on the other side his weaknesses this guy's a little bit of a short stepper one of those things that can be improved over time with work tends to short step into contact resulting in the play uh, playing contact um, as opposed to working on the edge edges uh, does not gain a ton of ground does not threaten the edges of offensive line the way you want with that first step but then from there he does play quick uh, just short steps not that you want to get elongated as a defensive lineman but you have to gain ground you've got to constantly be putting pressure on those edges uh, especially with those first two steps as you're attacking upfield notably in the pass rush game uh, and then, you know, right there with the pass rush, his pass rush field is not where it needs to be. This is a guy that will flash quick hands, quick feet as well, but often ends up down the middle of blockers. I just don't see a guy that has much feel for the edges, counters, and overall pass rush moves. Not a ton of an impact as an individual rusher that's going to win in one-on-ones. Got to clean up that he's going to get some production with his effort but you want him to you know win when he sees those one-on-one -on -one matchups with either a guard or a center inside so what do we see on film primarily a three technique that does play in both one gap penetrating and two gap spacing alignments and assignments will work down to a two eye and shade at times works out to a four eye as well as we talked about is going to play a lot of roles due to his versatility something that i would argue is maybe slowing him down now but will pay off down the road good athlete still looks like a lot of ways like he's a growing player still learning to play football uh, play with his size he does play with good balance and bend though seems to question his eyes at times will play in a spot more than on the move again for a guy that's athletic you'd like to see him just keep on moving he's just trying to read things and figure it out sometimes Good explosion, ability to work in short areas. Again, that peripheral awareness, just average. This is where he gets his feet tangled up more than you want. He runs into contact. It ends up just leaving him a step behind, step away from making plays both in the backfield down the line of scrimmage as well. Again, that peripheral awareness, his instincts, those are all going to improve down uh, in time as well as when he focuses on one position. He's also a little bit inconsistent with his hands. Again, still learning how to throw him with violence. He'll put him on blockers, but ends up down the middle. Just kind of works to lock out and peak rather than shot, control, get rid of blockers. Does have the ability to win with a short swim and swipe, but just not real efficient when he does it. Uh, still growing here. Again, his pre-snap reads, his plan to attack the backfield, attack a blocker, all of it's going to grow over time with him. Does have good speed in his chase. He looks like a three-tech body that's going to work up and down the line of scrimmage has enough explosion to penetrate and cause problems in the backfield uh, is a true inside rusher he does lack that refined arsenal as we talked about he's going to win with effort 
He's going to um, you know, work to disrupt things, but again, he ends up a little bit upright. He gets his hips underneath him, ends up down the middle of blockers. When he does throw quick hands and swipe, he can get to edges, uh, but again, it's that secondary and third move, that feel with the hips and his body that he's just got to continue to improve to actually have a you know production and finish in the backfield. I would call this an ascending player, has the stuff to like on film. He's a big man that can move. He just has to continue to improve. So who are my player comparisons? One of the tendencies scouts always have to fight uh, is simply comparing current players on a roster to former players on the same roster. In this case, of course, that's Grady Jarrett, defensive lineman from uh Clemson that I spent some time with in Atlanta. So while I would say there are some similarities in the way they move, and I'm sure there will be scouts that compare them, I'm going to try to leave that one, that comparison alone at this point. So I'm going to go to my first player comparison, uh, recent guy, Kurt Heinisch. Kurt was an undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame in 2022. Uh, he's made the team playing in a role for the Houston Texans. I would say Kurt, slightly stronger guy, plays in a similar role kind of all across the defensive line, um, kind of what Rook is doing now. Kurt is a little bit stouter player, a little bit more stationary player. Rook's a little more explosive, athletic. Kurt has uh, mostly looked like a finished player, polished player out of South Bend. Rook is an upside player, so while they have some similarities, you look at that upside and where Rook is going to ultimately end up, you like that a little bit more. My other comparison is a guy, Marquan McCall, another UDFA out of Kentucky. Now, Marquan is a bigger player than Rook, but has some of those same explosive qualities that uh, Ororo does. In a defense out of Lexington that has just churned out D-line prospects, Marquand probably went undrafted due to off-field questions because the talent is unquestionably a draftable player last year. Um, both guys really have potential to keep growing, continue to ascend. Again, like I said with Marquand, there's some kind of off-field questions that, uh, that scouts knew about. Where was he ultimately going to end up? Again, Marquand's on a roster. He's playing... Um, should have been drafted. Again, just that off-field piece that does matter. Um, again, Rook, as far as I know, does not have those same questions, so we'll see, him, see where he ends up through the draft process. So, where do I see this player ultimately in the, in the NFL? So, I'll say this is a player first that I like. I just compared him to two undrafted free agents. One that has maxed out his ability, just has a great off-field makeup. The other, a talented player who has uh, you know, much better on-field talent, just a lot of off-field questions. So while I don't know a ton about Rook, all signs point to him being closer to uh, Heinish as opposed to McCall in terms of his off-field makeup. So I'm going to say, looking at him right now, I'm probably a sixth to seventh round prospect right now. Do I think he can go higher? Yes, certainly. I think his film down the stretch will not only give him a chance to move up, but I think for this guy, a good offseason and pre-draft process could really move him up to early day three. Start to think in that fifth round. Big defensive lineman with athleticism, athleticism will always be coveted. There are never enough of them out there, and Rook obviously fits that mold. I could certainly see this player sliding into the fifth round. You know, perhaps maybe approaching that 137th overall pick that another Tiger from Clemson ended up. Of course, that is uh, what Grady has done, and um, there are 